pleasure today that I am welcoming my very dear friend, Raja, healthy Raja, as she likes to go by. Um, Raja is an Ayurvedic nutrition and lifestyle coach, and she has a very unique Ayurvedic food-based approach, which provides Vedic perspective to modern lifestyles. She has worked with and helped wide variety of individuals, families, and organizations globally, and our school, Vedic Roots, is one of them through personalized wellness consultations, as well as special diet and menu plans. She is an Ayurvedic chef, as well as a Marma expert, and she is our Ayurvedic consultant at Vedic Roots as well. She lives here in Toronto and her, with her husband, Nimai, son, Sham, and daughter, Akisha. And like I said, um, I'm very fortunate to have her as one of my very dear friends. She has introduced me to the, this journey of Ayurveda, and it's with great pleasure that I welcome you today. Braja to our um, webinar series, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Parenting. Over to you, Braja. Okay. Thank you, Sonam, for inviting me here to present this important knowledge to all the parents. Um, thank you all for taking your valuable time out and uh, uh, coming here for this uh, presentation. I know as parents, we have busy routines, but we also want to strive to give best to our children and that's what i'm sure brings you all here i'll try my best that you all can make the most uh, value of this time that you have uh, decided to give me to present this om ajnana timirandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshuru unmilitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha mukam karoti vachalam pangum langayate girim Yat Kripa Tamaham Vande Shri Guru Dinatarinam Parmananda Madhavam. Okay, so as we begin, as you all know, today's topic is nurturing with nutrition, ancient wisdom for modern parenting. I will walk you all through the agenda for today uh, so that we all know what, what to expect. So, as we talk from Ayurvedic perspective of uh, you know, nourishing our children, uh, we will go through a brief introduction to what is what Ayurveda is. Um, I will talk about the lineage of Ayurveda from where I learned my, um, I, I learned the science. Uh, I'll talk a bit about Ayurvantage, which is, um, which mainly is a term uh, that is coined for Ayurveda ad advantage. I also like to call it the wow points of Ayurveda, which uh, really make me feel uh, grateful to have learned this science. Uh, next, we will learn some basic principles of Ayurveda. Um, I'm not going to bore you with a theory class of Ayurveda, but you know, just to learn certain principles so that as we uh, go further into the presentation, I can explain better uh, how to nurture with nutrition, which is our topic for today. And um, of course, the most important topic after that is how does it relate to my kids? Because, you know, all, most of us have heard about Ayurveda and it is generally uh, known as a sci med uh, medical science. You know, if you have some problem and you uh, take Ayurvedic remedies um, as along with all other options. So why am I talking about Ayurveda for kids? You know, how does it relate to them at this young age? So we'll find out when we uh, reach this point. Um, then we finally come to the main uh, part of today's presentation and I'm going to um, present six different ways 
uh, with which we can mindfully uh, nurture our children with nutrition, nourish them and uh, grow them uh, physically. And uh, finally, after you know, learning so much, knowing about those six ways, uh, you want to know how to begin, where to begin with. And uh, I know as parents, it can be really overwhelming to make changes to your life. So um, I'll give you practical three-part formula or a formula from where you can begin. So let's dive into the presentation without waiting. Okay, introduction to Ayurveda or what is Ayurveda? Ayurveda is mainly known as an age-old, time-tested, more than 5,000-year-old science of medicine from India. It is its common uh, definition of Ayurveda. The technical definition of Ayurveda, uh, when we break down the word Ayurveda, it says Ayushyo Vedaha Ayurveda. Ayushyo meaning age or life, Veda meaning science, and hence Ayurveda is defined as the science of life. So this was the technical definition of Ayurveda. And the third and the most relatable definition that I like to uh, present when I'm uh, talking to children and um, adults both is that it is a user manual of life. Just as we go to the market and have certain, um, you know, electrical gadgets, we buy some electrical gadgets for our home. Uh, they come with a user manual, uh, which tells us which is the preferable voltage to use, uh, the do's and don'ts for for the uh, electrical gadget to work well. Also, it comes with some troubleshooting ideas that um, um, you know, if something goes wrong, what things can you check? Similarly, when the creator created this body, the human body, uh, we came with a manual, which is known as Ayurveda, which, all, which tells us that how best you can you know, use this body, how, you, how best you can take care of this body. What are the do's and don'ts? There are recommendations for good health, there are also disclaimers that, you know, certain combinations are not good, certain things are not good, we should not do. And if we end up into trouble or some problem, then there are troubleshooting ideas or troubleshooting uh, protocols, which is the medicinal part of Ayurveda. So uh, this is what Ayurveda covers. Next, I'll talk a bit about the SVA, SV Ayurvedic lineage, as you read here. SV stands for Shakha Vanshiya Ayurveda. So as a particular subject, for example, if you want to do a MBA, uh, there are so many universities available throughout the world globally. Although the base content remains the same, but there is some uh, flavor of the local university added uh, to learn MBA. And that's why we see, you know, people or students traveling from one part of the world to other part of the world to learn a particular course from a particular university. So in, in a similar way, um, Ayurveda is a very broad course, a broad term. And there are many, many lineages, many, many, um, you know, lineages that can be traced back to the Vedas and the Puranas, uh, which are the ancient texts of Ayurveda. And I learned uh, Ayurveda from Shakha Vanshiya Ayurveda, which is the authentic lineage mentioned in the Bhavishya Puran. Uh, my teacher, uh, Dr. Vaidya Ramakan Mishra, he brought this lineage of Ayurveda uh, into the Western world. And uh, the 
special feature of this lineage and why i feel so grateful for learning ayurveda from him is he not only brought the ancient wisdom and shared with the uh, western world but also made the application very uh, relevant very simplified and uh, very approachable for um, the for the lifestyle and the people of today because there are certain foods which did not exist in the olden times so not necessarily all the foods or all the herbs or all the problems are mentioned in ayurveda in the textbooks of ayurveda but definitely all the principles are mentioned and we need a teacher who can connect the ancient wisdom to the modern life and give us the sutras which can be most relevant and applicable today um i'll give you an example uh, 15 years ago there was a huge trend a huge wave where people were very excited and they were talking about soy products you know the soy soy and its products are just great they had just discovered its benefits and you know it was all over the internet all over the world in all the news channels that you know soy is very healthy people had started using soy as milk as you know food items as uh, tofu everything so at that time uh, some people approached my teacher saying why don't you also say some good things about soy so my teacher went back to the textbooks of ayurveda and uh, he there there was no mention of soy because it was um, a new product uh, so there was no mention of this bean the soy bean in uh, uh, the charak samhita which is the ancient text but he studied the uh, the qualities of this bean and the principles and he actually realized that its benefits don't do not outweigh the side effects that it brings on the table and so he was one of the very very few people who refused to accept that soy is very good you know and at that time it was it was like a minority he was the one who, who was saying that you know soy is not good and people were thinking what what is he saying but only time revealed the truth now if you actually do some research you will find a lot of articles on how soy can cause breast cancer and there are so many you know disadvantages it clogs the uh, channels of the body etc so i just i feel very grateful that i uh, this uh, i found this teacher who um, made ayurveda relevant to the modern world next so as i said ayurvantage is a term uh, coined for the advantages of ayurveda how uh, what are the wow factors or the unique factors which actually um, make you feel uh, drawn towards following ayurveda so i'm going to share a few uh, i'm going to share few principles so first ayurvantage of ayurveda is it is eternal it is eternal knowledge it has always been existing and no product recall recall ever so we these days we have we hear a lot of uh, you know news the the item or the product that we have been using for years you know 10 years 15 years 20 years and then suddenly one fine day there is some research which says that no this product is not safe it has a carcinogenic ingredient it has been recalled or some drugs that have been recalled and then you know suddenly it goes out of the market it is forgotten but you know we have used it for so many years so uh, it is research based like you know human humans have researched and we have you know we have tried 
as experiment and then the product is recalled but uh, have you ever heard a turmeric turmeric as a product being recalled or cumin it has it is it just exists eternally since the time you know we have we born and our parents and grandparents have used it in our cooking and these are the herbs and the spices which we use daily and we haven't heard that you know uh, these things have ever been recalled so that's why uh, it's a solid firm foundational knowledge which is tried test tried and time tested second is hetu centric i'll explain what is hetu centric hetu meaning cause the root, uh, i would say root cause so um, charak samhita the ancient textbook of ayurveda uh, explains that how one can maintain good health so hetu lingam aushadi gyanam swasthatu parayanam so cause symptom and knowledge of medicine are the three main factors to maintain total health so what i would give i would i would like to explain this with one example a very simple example uh, two people uh, a person a and person b suppose they have a headache both of them have a headache so our normal way of reacting to a headache is take a painkiller so person a takes a painkiller person b takes a painkiller and their headache is gone and that's where we stop so it's it's good to take a painkiller and stop the symptom at that point but if we have only addressed the symptom and not gone to the cause of the headache then we are missing something so um, cause meaning a, a headache is a symptom it there can be 1000 reasons different reasons for having a headache um when somebody comes to take help from an ayurvedic practitioner uh, mainly the practitioner will ask the person uh, both the people that can you tell me when did the headache start and um, what did you do in last 24 hours when you uh, just got this headache and uh, maybe person a would explain that you know i had a lot of work at my office and i couldn't sleep throughout the night because i had some project some submission and then uh, something didn't go right and i skipped my meal and by evening i got a headache so skipping a meal um, and not sleeping well caused a headache to this person now person b he says that i have been fine i have i have slept all right i have eaten my meals on time i didn't do anything wrong then why did i get a headache so then you know the next question somebody would ask him that okay how much water do you drink during the day and the person says oh i just forget to drink water so maybe i just drank a glass of water yesterday and not much and that's it he got he got a headache due to dehydration so if i uh, tell person a that you should drink more water without actually finding what was the root cause of his headache it wouldn't solve his headache at the same time if i just tell the uh, person b that you know eat your meals on time sleep well and you will have no problems you will never have a headache and person b will wonder that i have been doing that and uh, why do i still have this headache so uh, this was a simplest example of how a root cause can be different but there can be serious implications if root cause is not found and not treated timely because headache is just a symptom that something is going wrong in your body and you, and you need to give attention to it so ayurveda not just stops at you know treating the symptom but it goes a level deeper finds the root cause and also tries to address the root cause and with these two points 
the third point that you can see here one size doesn't fit all is um, completely clear that you cannot give the same drug or the same solution to all the people with the same symptom so one size doesn't fit all you see how this girl is so upset because she's she is wearing a coat uh, which is not her size she everybody every one of us like to wear clothes of our own size right so we would want solution to our problems just tailored to our problem so that was the second advantage we'll come move to the three um the third one is it is a wholesome model so it is going beyond nutrition value so when you hear nurturing with nutrition you're mainly uh, thinking is you know okay uh, i have to give so much calcium to my child i have to give so much uh, iron to my child and you know there are these overwhelming values and you don't know how to you know balance all the nutrition to food and then you think about giving them supplements and it's all about values of nutrition but ayurveda also goes another layer deeper where you not only study the nutritional values but also the digestion capacity so uh, digestion capacity means that there are certain foods which may have great nutrition value but our body may not be able to digest it due to our certain genetic makeup or seasonal makeup or just our lifestyle so i will explain this with an example for example a banana is very nutritious if you have heard of black gram lentils or the urad dal is also a good protein but these things are very good if you if you do not have a sedentary lifestyle if you like my teacher used to explain that if you are going to climb a tree and you know um, break a coconut bring a coconut down from a coconut tree um 10 times a day and walk in the fields and uh, just you know you're constantly every day having physical activity only then your body would have capacity to digest these heavy foods if you do not have if you do not have so much physical activity our body is not capable of digesting these things and thus they cause more trouble than absorbing the nutrition because body is not able to assimilate the nutrition out of them so uh, ayurveda studies the um, foods in in light of not just nutrition values but digestion capacity the second being it also goes beyond digestion which is the post digestive impact uh, there is this uh, detail article that i have written on my blog uh, lime versus lemon um, but i'll explain in short here that lime and lemon are both are known very well for their vitamin c values so they bring in lot of vitamin c and vitamin c helps the absorption of food so most most of our most of our foods we sprinkle it with a, a dash of lime now post digest post digestion the lime has an alkaline effect on our body whereas the lemon has a acidic effect and as we all know with our lifestyles with our late nights with our food habits most times most of us are suffering with uh, you know body being acidic which is being manifested in different ways in different you know joints pains acid reflux etc so we don't want to add more acid to our body you know we we, we want to add things that are alkalizing our body and aiding digestion so you know we would select lime over lemon and third is environmental or seasonal application so for example it uh, ayurveda recommends not to eat the same food throughout the year at every place you go like in summer when there is so much heat we recommend eating cooling foods 
which you know which calm down your digestive system because it's more heated up because the environment is heated up similarly in winter seasons when it is cold outside you would have experienced that you feel like drinking warm drinks warm teas so we balance the environmental factors with the food uh, with the food and thus giving a wholesome uh, model to our life so this was the uh, third ayurvedantage next um, we move on to principles of ayurveda i'll talk about three simple principles of ayurveda so that moving further as i said i would be able to explain uh, the nurturing part uh, much better so the first uh, principle uh, or the first concept that i would like to uh, explain is the concept of prana so prana is uh, also known as the life force now uh, देह प्राण संयोगे आयु आयु मीनिंग लाइफ और टू और इन सिंपल टर्म्स यू कैन कॉल इट शेल्फ लाइफ सो वॉट इज अवर शेल्फ लाइफ ओके वेन वी अवर शेल्फ लाइफ इज अंटिल द देह विच इज बॉडी एंड प्राण विच इज द लाइफ एयर दे बोथ स्टे टूगेदर संयोगे इज कंजंक्शन अंटिल द बॉडी एंड द लाइफ एयर आर टूगेदर वी हैव शेल्फ लाइफ अदरवाइज we are hitting the expiry date so now how do you acquire prana or enhance the prana that you have in this body the sources are through environment by breathing fresh air you get um, prana by food making right food choices the foods which have more prana and what so you you enhance your life force or life energy through these sources prana is mainly the vibrational energy as we move next and it is it is it mainly cons consists of three components which which are the lunar energy the solar energy and the etheric energy which are technically termed as soma agni and marut now um, that might sound little technical and i'll break down into simple concept which we all know and which we have all heard that the five elements of nature are earth water fire air and ether so the lunar energy breaks down into giving us earth and water the solar energy gives us fire and the marut or the etheric energy gives us air and space so air and space are the components of etheric energy now next is when when these five elements interact with each other they form certain energies so earth and water when they interact together they form the kapha component or the kapha energy water and fire when they come together they form the pitta energy or the pitta component and air and space when they come together form the vata component now when it comes to ayurveda these are the three terms which you have always heard vata pitta kapha and life revolves around vata pitta kapha in ayurveda right so this is uh, this is how you can actually break down that what makes kapha what is the makeup the genetic makeup of kapha of pitta and vata so um i can can i say that the qualities of vata are the qualities of air and space like just think for a minute like we are not together in a room so we cannot interact very effectively but uh, just try to visualize what are the qualities that come to your mind when you think of air and space for a minute and then i will explain them 
next you can think about what are the qualities of fire and water and simultaneously think about what are the qualities of earth and water so air what comes to my mind when i think of air is it is constantly moving it's in movement it is light it is dry when it comes to fire you think about it is hot it is pungent when you think about earth do you think about it's heavy when earth mixes with water do you think of a you think about a mud puddle you know which is heavy which is you know water mixed with the mud when you think about fire pitta you can think about the volcano where there is fuel and fire together so uh, that way we can define vata pitta and kapha based on their qualities and interestingly now you will be able to um, actually break down to understand that different foods are also uh, classified as vata aggravating or vata dominant foods or pitta dominant foods or kapha dominant foods so for example if i say spinach then you would be able to um, analyze that spinach is light um it is uh, so it is a very vata veg uh, vata herb uh, then when you think about chilies or ginger it naturally brings uh, pitta to mind and um, if i say imagine a sweet potato you know it is heavy it makes you think that you know it is a kapha predominant vegetable so you can divide many 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 things um into vata pitta kapha uh, family um we also see people you know some people just cannot put on weight it's not about how much they eat but it's just that the vata energy in them is very predominant and that's the maximum weight they can put on whereas you see some people who have uh, kapha predominant energy however hard they try however you know diet they maintain somehow they cannot go beyond certain benchmarks because that's their makeup that's their base energy um in the body which is kapha so uh, that was about prana next is let's define health based on this principle so health according to the definition the text definition is a state of balanced functioning of doshas so vata pitta and kapha are energies but once when they become imbalanced when the balance is lost then they are called doshas and then we need to constantly work on balancing these doshas a vata predominant person should have vata pacifying foods which actually don't aggravate the vata so you know um for example a vata predominant person wants to have spinach then that person is advised to saute the spinach in ghee add some grounding spices so that it it's the vata of the spinach is balanced and it does not affect the vata person and make the digestion more gassy or airy so balancing of the doshas when the doshas are functioning well in the body so this is a uh, 
balancing of digestion when the digestion is optimum and we are not making um, toxins which are being retained in the body so balance doshas balance digestion balancing balancing functioning of the seven tissues and elimination so um, i will just tell you to minimize this uh, point in your mind for now because we are going to talk about the seven tissues or the seven dhatus sh shortly as we move further in this presentation and that time i will be able to explain what these seven tissues um, in our body are but for now it is um, it is just enough to understand that for a complete balance health we need our doshas to be balanced our dig digestion to be uh, balanced our tissues and elimination to be in optimum health and working normally and that is defined as a uh, complete state of health next um next principle of ayurveda that i would like to introduce you to is <clears throat> food e food is therapeutic so you would have heard this statement you are what you eat or purity of mind comes from purity of food so you would have also experienced your own temperaments change with the type of food you eat different people have different temperaments so food actually affects our mind food also affects our uh, growth the way we grow um i love this principle uh, given in charak samhita please hear it uh, carefully it really uh, will make so much sense when diet is wrong medicine is of no use and when diet is correct medicine is of no need so this is mainly based on the prevention model that first are the do's and don'ts manage your diet well don't reach to the point where you have to troubleshoot so if you take care of uh, your diet well you will not have to reach the medicinal part of ayurveda to troubleshoot your problems so food is of key importance <clears throat> um also this is the famous hippocrates said let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food and my teacher dr vedya mishra used to always say taste is just a delicious by product and i have experienced this because the way after getting introduced to ayurveda the way i think about recipes the way i think about menus is way different than i used to you know initially it was all about taste oh this will taste very good with this dish and i would make menus in that way but once i got introduced to ayurveda all i think about is this is a very heating food so let me add some cooling spices to it to balance this food and that's how i process my menus that's how i process my um dishes my recipes but taste has never disappointed me so he that's that's when i realized that my teacher was always right when he said taste is just a delicious by product if you start from uh, the perspective of thinking about health you will definitely end up in um, delicious recipe but the opposite may not be true if you just think about taste and not think about health you may be satisfying your taste but not necessarily your health now we are at the next part where we actually want to know uh, most of us want to know that why am i 
year and how is it going to benefit my kids right as parents we want to know that all these principles are great they sound good but how can i help my kids so kids um, as they grow we all know that uh, whatever we give them in their childhood that 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 is the foundation of their growth so the um, panchak there is a panchakosh theory uh, explained in the taittiriya upanishad which is also a ancient vedic text so uh, in this text uh, the soul ha has been described uh, covered by five sheets or five koshas and the children uh, the development of children is uh, explained on basis of the development of these five sheets um namely the annamai kosha or the physical sheet the pranamai kosha uh, the manomai vigyanamai and anandamai so um out of which the first kosha is a kosha or the sheet which is known as the physical sheet or the food sheet for a simpler explanation is the first and of key importance because it is a very vulnerable sheet because um, as it's the development of the physical body uh, any imbalances or any uh, deficiencies in this level percolate through the development of all other layers and hence it is very very important that when our kids are young we build their physical sheet very well so that they can become complete human beings their mind the manomai kosha is the uh, you know mental the kosha at the sheet at mind level vigyanamai is the uh, scientific level and anandamai is the spiritual level so <clears throat> they can develop into complete human beings with complete satisfaction and health of physical body and that's why um, i always say that a tree with strong roots for a tree with strong roots there is no fear of wind so if you have built strong foundation for your kids that's one of the best gifts that you can give to your kids for their uh, life to come uh, because their foundation is strong and now finally we have come to the main uh, topic that based on these principles how do we actually nurture them with nutrition how do we nourish them and how do we make sure that this first sheet or the annamai kosha is developed very well my first recommendation to you here is feed your kids intelligent food so this term has been coined by my teacher um vaidya mishra ji he used to he coined the ter this term uh, called intelligent food dumb food and dead food based on the pranic energy of food so now we understood what is prana and depending on how much prana is present in the food uh, defines whether the food is intelligent dumb or dead so i've compiled a short um understanding about what kinds of foods are intelligent food um as you can uh, read here they are alive fresh and full of prana they are mainly organic pesticide pesticide free they have been prepared with co proper combination of ingredients spices and herbs when you eat seasonal foods which are fresh from the farm it it is an intelligent food it is also important how like our body has a unique mechanism to communicate with us whether we are doing things right or not 
like sometimes after eating certain foods we feel light and satisfied or you have experienced that sometimes you eat eat or overeat certain foods that you really love your tongue loves but after eating the food you feel the tightness in your stomach you feel uncomfortable so that is not a sign of uh, intelligent food also if you feel sluggish and sleepy after eating that means it is not intelligent food it is not digesting ideally the food consumed within 4 hours of cooking is intelligent food next we talk about dumb food the frozen food so when you refer, uh, freeze the food it loses some part of prana hence frozen food is comes under the category of dumb food it has reduced prana it is not completely devoid of prana but it has much redu reduced prana the leftovers um, i know it is hard one because as parents we are always juggling different balls and we have very little time to uh, cope up with things so many things that are going on and so we end up you know using or trying to plan a few days in advance for um, feeding our kids but believe me it's not the right thing to do especially for the developing body of the kids they need uh, to be fed as fresh food as possible so i would say at least do not feed them the food from previous day like you can cook in the morning and put uh, feed them the same food in the evening or for dinner but don't let a night pass because you know it acquires um, all the Uh, energy which is not good for the growth of your kids and uh, there is there is there is significant reduction in prana also uh, how do you feel after eating that food you feel discomforted you feel um, it is heavy you feel the tightness in the stomach food also cooked in neg negative environment meaning um, unclean environment or with negative emotions or with stress also uh, comes under the category of dumb food now we come to the uh, next category which is dead food dead means completely devoid of prana and which is a totally no no and how do you re uh, realize that this is a this is dead food it you feel very tired after consumption of food so think think this way that food gives us energy now if by eating food if you feel tired then there is something wrong right so now uh, we have to understand that that is not the right food for us deep fried and junk food fall under this category processed and microwaved food come under this category canned items which have preservatives which are really um, like some canned foods have like years of shelf life and they have heavy preservatives their prana is totally destroyed there are certain foods which are mutually contradictory um, as mentioned in the ayurvedic text for example eating uh, fruits with milk or eating fruits with yogurt they are not the right combinations to have together so these are they also fall under the category of uh, dead food also uh, when you eat dead food it remains undigested some of it the body can eliminate but when the body cannot eliminate this hard to digest food it stays in our body 
as toxins that's why you would have heard that lot of uh, you know ayurvedic text or you would have heard your friends talking that i am undergoing a detox so when you eat the food which has not digested completely which has remained undigested um, in the body uh, then if it remains in the body for longer time it ferments it forms another level of toxin and that's a seed to many many diseases um the disease is as severe as many layers it percolates in the body so it's best avoid these kind of foods which uh, contribute to contribute to toxins in your body okay so um next we go about um worry about calories or learn about how it digest in the body so these days we are always confused or mainly thinking that how much um calorie i can give my child like weight is the way we actually define the health of our child which is not totally wrong but we also have to understand whether this weight is healthy weight or um excuse me yeah whether this weight is um, healthy or um, unhealthy uh, it just stays as toxins in the body as we just learned or it is actually a healthy weight which is you know giving lot of energy to my uh, kid um i'll share a personal story here where uh, when my son was young uh, he was growing very well up to certain months of his age like up to 5 6 months of his age and he was in his 90th percentile of weight we would have heard and it was all going well uh, suddenly due to some reasons he did he stopped putting on enough weight and then his weight fell down to 10th percentile and it was so worrisome the doctors and the people around told him oh he is not putting on weight feed him high calorie food feed him nut butters feed him hard cheeses feed him avocados feed him nuts and as a parent you are always wishing well for your child you want to do the best for your child and i tried doing that and in the process i actually realized that he was not digesting these things well his diaper showed that sorry to be gross but uh, some foods were coming out as it is and i realized that you know although they are high calorie foods but he may not be his body may not be able to process this so there is some other underlying problem that i need to find out and as as the months passed and as i uh, you know dove uh, dive deeper into this quest i realized that i needed to fix his digestion once i fixed his digestion and even if he had low calorie food but he was able to digest the food that he was eating uh, to the uh, 200% of his capacity he was doing all well so we need to change our mindset from uh, just thinking about calories and uh, uh, numbers and also think about how well uh, the body is digesting assimilating and absorbing the food sometimes we we feel that you know our kids just they just don't feel hungry they are not they are just refuse food and that's such a big struggle for so many parents but it might there might be a problem where he, where the child is not feeling enough appetite so we need to actually address the digestion give give the child appetizing foods you know some ginger drink or you know it's of course one size doesn't fit all as i always say so different children might have different issues but you know one sh we should think about uh, addressing those problems rather than you know tagging our child and um, just leaving it there next 
building end to end immunity and nourishing seven dhatu so i told uh, i just mentioned a few slides ago that we will talk about the seven dhatus when we start any journey going from point a to point b we always want to make sure we complete the journey if we break the journey in between we are not going to reach our destination similarly in ayurveda our body is defined to be made with these seven layers called the seven dhatus dhatus means one which holds dharayata iti dhatu so the uh, body is held by these seven dhatus um and it is very important to build end to end immunity and not stop in between so the first dhatu or the first layer is called the rasa dhatu or the plasma second layer is the rakta or blood third layer being the mamsa or the muscle tissue fourth layer is meda meda or fat tissue fifth layer is the bone bone tissue sixth is the bone marrow or majja dhatu and seventh and the last dhatu is shukra dhatu or the reproductive dhatu now how do you nourish them there are two uh, principles uh by which you can um, plan your menu so you can nourish them by planning your menu eating right types of food and there are two principles uh, which i will just explain briefly because that itself is a topic in itself it can be another um, big seminar on menu planning so um, the two principles on which one should plan uh, menu are uh, the first being the six as so ayurveda um, also mentions the six tastes uh, or the rasas um which should be balanced while preparing a meal the six tastes being sweet sour salty bitter pungent and astringent these are the six tastes and they should be present in our meals in the sequence of predominance of their um a sequence of predominance of of the uh, of the way i mentioned them so the sweet uh, for example sweet being the maximum then a little reduced quantity of sour a little reduced quantity of salty a little reduced quantity of bitter and so on now sweet doesn't mean uh, sugar sweets for um, the grains also fall under the category of sweets uh, sweet taste okay the underlying taste that the body is supplied with by having that ingredient is the taste so planning menu with in inclusion of these six tastes uh, is one way um, and the second is certain tissues that you see here i have mentioned certain foods certain tissues are nourished by certain uh, foods as you see for example the uh, mamsa or the muscle tissue is nourished by foods which have protein for example lentils or small beans or paneer then uh, fifth layer which is asti dhatu the bone tissue is nourished by calcium predominant foods like coconut sesame milk etc so this is how uh, you can plan the menu so that you um, nourish the seven dhatus and once the seven dhatus are strong um the immune system of the body is going to be very strong and uh, you are going to nurture 
the strong foundation for your kids okay next switching gears going from a quick fix mode to a long term game model now what do i mean by that so as we uh, previously talked about how we talk and stop in terms of just curing the symptom so that is how we think quick fix so these days we see that in line with the quick fix model even the herbs um, that are available like turmeric there is a there is lot of research on how healthy and um, uh, wonderful turmeric is and so now they have made made turmeric available in the form of capsules and we want shortcut to success but there is no shortcut to success because along with the right ingredient ayurvedic text mention that there has to be right processing of the ingredient so these are the two terms that i mention here some yog which is gathering the right ingredient for example turmeric is known as the king of all the spices but it is the most adulterated spice available in the world so it is very important that you find the right and pure ingredient first once you have found a pure ingredient please do not make them make capsules and make a quick fix to solve your problem because it is going to result in another greater problem if you try to fix it quickly right now you are going to end up spending more time solving that problem anyways so please do not go for quick fix there is a proper way of processing that ingredient which is known as samskara giving it a right samskara so how do you process turmeric for example is by um, turmeric has a fat soluble component and a water soluble component so we need to um, supply or cook the turmeric in a fat soluble component uh, in a fat for the fat soluble component to dissolve and in some water for the water soluble component to dissolve and so if we would have seen that our parents or our grandparents used to cook our recipes they used to cook a vegetable in ghee there is turmeric so turmeric has uh, the fat called ghee in which the fat soluble component dissolves and also the vegetable itself has some water in it or there are some vegetables that need some additional water to get cooked so there is water component and fat com component both available for the ingredients of turmeric to be easily uh, to be easily digested in our body and assimilated to to its right effect so uh, it is very important to do uh, gather the right thing and do it right way and also there are very, uh, many things that you know they might not be um, like quick fixes or you know the advantages of those things might not be uh, available just in a day or two for example i'll tell you a story of my friend who um, went for a routine yearly checkup and her doctor realized that you know you have a low uh, vitamin uh, b12 but in the same go the doctor said i'm surprised that although your vitamin b12 is low your iron levels are pretty good which is normally not the case and you know the friend reflected over it and later uh, just shared with me that you know our uh, time tested wisdom like my mom gifted me a lot of um, 
uh, pots and pans which she had from her grandmother of iron she regularly cooked in these iron pots and pans and maybe the iron that is maintained in her body in optimal level is because she is you know cooking her food in these iron pots and pans so if you get uh, if you have low uh, iron it is not that if you use the iron pan to cook um sabji today tomorrow your iron is going to rise but if you make it part of your lifestyle it is automatically going to happen so we have to go from uh, and this is what i call as long term gain so please modify or modulate your lifestyle in such a way that you have more long term gains than quick fixes some quick fixes that you see here um the turmeric capsules that i already talked about the emf and the microwave so microwave comes with a disclaimer 2 minute cooking with some free radiation in your body and uh, emf so emf mimics now you all know what is prana so i can say that it actually disrupts the prana energy of our body it is very harmful to uh, expose your kids even for yourself to emf one very practical tip that i can give you i usually set up my router or the modem in a corner of the house where we spend the least time for example i do not keep the modem in the vicinity where we sleep you know close to our bedroom or you know a room next to our bedroom because the um vibrations are going to be the signals are going to be much stronger there so these are the small practical precautions that you can take for a uh, long term gain next so next is common misconceptions uh something that you all read about in the uh, poster that we sent milk or go vegan antibiotics or probiotics more proteins or more carbs these are common questions and doubts that parents have that you know what should we give our kids now most of these questions if you followed the presentation so far got answered uh, quite easily for example protein and carbs so as we talked about uh, the seven dhatus and the development of seven dhatus um if you stop if you say i will give my children more protein your the child's development will stop at the mamsa dhatu or the muscle tissue you are feeding the muscle tissue but what about the tissues further giving them good fat is equally important giving them good um you know calcium rich foods is equally important and every layer depends on the health of the previous layer hence it is very very important that each and every layer is wholesomely nourished so we can anything in too much proportion makes it disproportionate so please do not go to any extreme focus on wholesome holistic uh, meals stick to our age old time tested formulas uh next is milk milk or go vegan i picked this um question because milk is such an important ingredient in the life of our kids milk is an irreplaceable actually when in when it when you talk about growth in children um as we talked of this of the seven dhatus whatever food we eat today it takes up to 3 to 4 weeks for that food to get assimilated and reach all the seven layers of our body but milk is such an ingredient which reaches the seventh layer passes through all the uh, seven layers and reaches the seventh layer within 24 hours it is that nourishing but it comes with a um, 
disclaimer the uh, disclaimer or a recommendation i i can say that it has to be had in the right way and it has to be digested properly so uh, right milk to find you know more processed milk more harder to digest milk is also very vulnerable ingredient it gets uh, its structural formula changes with every process that it undergoes so minimally processed milk then it has to be consumed in the right way not with fruit and milk that's not a right combination not cold milk because you know cold milk becomes heavy to digest it has to be warm milk you have to aid the digestion of milk by adding some spices and if you are not able to digest milk then first we need to fix your digestion and then slowly uh, get kids or yourself get started on milk so as a plant based nutritionist also i highly recommend people that please do not uh, you know get yourself free of dairy you are going to cause lot of long term harm in terms of uh, deriving the benefits of the milk that uh, of milk that it provides it also nourishes strengthens immunity and it has numerous benefits on various levels next question is antibiotics or probiotics so antibiotics are great when you have a severe infection and you need to solve it but what is what is our way uh, the ayurvedic way of looking at uh, any kind of uh, problem or a disease is prevention is better than cure so if you um, add probiotics to your diet they are going to support your gut gut uh, healthy gut meaning healthy digestion healthy development of the seven tissues and thus you have a very strong immunity so focusing on having healthy probiotic in the body will make your immune system strong um, to be able to fight any kind of infection um, another benefit of having probiotics is gut um, as scientists have also researched now um, and it is already mentioned in ayurvedic text that gut is called the brain of the brain lot of neurotransmitters are produced by the friendly healthy bacteria in our gut uh, these probiotics produce these neurotransmitters and thus there is a good connection between the brain and the gut and you see that as your children develop if they are if they have a good uh, quantity of healthy bacteria uh, they are very sound emotionally behaviorally lot of behavior challenges lot of aggression come from the um, less amount of friendly bacteria present in your gut so um, work on probiotics and not on antibiotics work on prevention and not on cure is what um, i recommend okay the sixth and the last one for uh, today in terms of nurturing or nourishing with nutrition append lifestyle stages uh, changes sleep patterns habits and predictable routines everything has a right time is something that i always told my son and that has become like a um you know tagline in our house when i have to tell him um, come on let's sit for dinner and he would say i'm not hungry i'll eat later but then he comes back to say mama is this the right time yes so everything has a right time my uh, my teacher always taught that if you do the right thing at wrong time it is still wrong so the time uh, that you allot for different activities is of immense importance um digestion is connected with the solar cycles or the cycles of the sun so when sun is 
down digestion is down and that's why it is said that you have your uh, biggest meal of the day when the sun is overhead in the noon so 10 to 2 is the time uh, where the sun energy is the highest and your body can digest the food well so that's the time you have your biggest meal of the day when sun down that means it's time to sleep before sleep uh, 2 hours before sleeping um it's ideal to finish off dinner so that the digestion pro- process has already taken place also kids um react or behave very well when they have a predictable routine so having uh, a predictable routine having a predictable lifestyle is of a lot of value not only in terms of behavior in not only in terms of health but it also enhances your lifestyle to towards good immunity and health uh, not like it's a science like when the body sleeps in the night the time between 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock is the time where the organs restore and they heal themselves and if we sleep later or if we don't give rest to the body at that time actually it is the seed to many many diseases and i can say that 50% of even our adult health problems get solved only by changing our sleep patterns and tweaking them to the right time so lifestyle uh, being very very important now in conclusion i told you so many things um, and you might be overwhelmed by uh, what should i you know where should i begin with and it is not always easy to feed the kids to change their mindset to change their lifestyle and it can get overwhelming so i am going to give you some energy there we all know atp when a glucose molecule we all studied in our biology textbooks that when a glucose molecule um, gets processed it forms 38 atp and gives us um, energy which is translated into energy of, into our body i'm going to give you a, a a formula for energy which is a atp formula where you can begin by start thinking about it and make slow but steady changes in your life and transform and enhance your parenting first acquire right knowledge and i always tell people that what is trendy may not always be right you may see that suddenly there is a trend of certain things and then you know people go mad or gaga behind it and then suddenly that wave falls and you have acquired the negative impact of that wrong wave so please don't go behind blind following ask right questions gather right knowledge and then make your decision so first thing you can start with is by acquiring right knowledge second teach your kids by example your kids will remember what you show by example and not by what you advise them so every day just by uh, showing by practicing what you are what you want them to follow you are making a, an mental investment uh, you are making an investment in their mental banks slowly they are observing you and they will be inquisitive they will ask you you can also talk to them because we've been taking with in um, collaboration with vedic roots we have been conducting um, knowledge based uh, ayurveda knowledge based 
classes for our kids um, in the Vedic Sanskriti camp. And slowly uh, we are trying to teach them to think about food, what they are putting in their mouth, connect connected with health, what are right ways of sitting, posture of eating, how much to eat. And the results are amazing because the questions that the kids come up with are brilliant. They really think so much. They start thinking so much. They want to be aware. So once you start talking about them, you give them right knowledge, not in terms of like too much theory, but make them into story and give them right knowledge. Uh, they will be very eager to practice. Uh, even for adults, knowledge is liberating, right? So when we know something, we would always be enthusiastic to follow. So teach by example, talk to them. And third, which is the most difficult, but not impossible. So patience and perseverance. When you have acquired right knowledge, give it due time for it to work. Because it is right, it is going to work. Please do not tag your children that, oh, he is a picky eater and he is not going to eat this. If you tag your children like that, they will acquire that kind of mentality. They will start thinking themselves that, oh, I am a picky eater. So you are doing more harm than good. Do not give up. Keep trying. And initially... It may feel like, you know, your children are denying and it's not working. It is failing. So initially your child may say, no, I just cannot have it. But slowly as you keep going, as you keep leading by example, as you keep giving right knowledge, what they will do is slowly they are registering in their mind. They are accepting that, yes, this is right. Like I tell my son used to not like beets. And then when I, you know, gave him some foods, which he likes, I made, I made his favorite dish. And then I said that, uh, you know, Sham, you do not eat everything just because you like. Some things you eat because they are healthy. So I acknowledge the fact that, yes, you do not like beets and I accept it, but you can, but you are eating beets because they are healthy. And he started saying that, that I don't like this, but I'm going to eat this because it is good for my body. And that's how he started liking and accepting and continuing having the healthy food. So first there'll be a stage of denial, then there'll be a stage of acceptance. And finally, when they will look back in their life, they will really appreciate. Like when I look back now, um, my mom used to always, you know, they, in, in those times, uh, the schools used to not provide meals. So, you know, we used to carry our lunchbox and my lunchbox used to always have a glass of fresh probiotic buttermilk. And I used to enjoy it, but now I realize that, you know, um, there was a science behind having probiotic buttermilk every single day to develop good probiotics. So when they will look back, they will appreciate what you all did for your kids. And I'm sure that's the best gift that parents can have and the satisfaction of doing your best for your kids is priceless. So thank you all for your time. I hope I could add value to this time that you all gave. Um, I can take questions. Yes, thank yeah. you so much, Praja. I'm so, um, so delighted that so many of us could learn from your wealth of knowledge today. And um, there's many questions that have come in. I'm trying to sort them so that we can put
similar questions together. The first thing I just want to say is that we will make the presentation, um, the recording available through the Vedic Roots podcast. So you all can have a look there uh, for um, any references that you may want to make. I also wanted to say that um, Heldi Braja, she is an Ayurvedic nutritionist and consultant, lifestyle coach, sorry. So you can also visit Heldi Braja's website and um, uh, for more information about um, the different um, opportunities you have to learn from her. Uh, having addressed that, I'm gonna now dive into the questions. Well, the first question I have is, how do I balance diet if both my kids have a different bodily constitution? We are a family of four, so how to manage that? Yes. So what we uh, recommend in terms of daily menu planning, uh, if there are no particular health challenges, the food that we cook is always tri doshik. Tri doshik means balancing all the three doshas, and which is recommended. The example that I gave, that if you have if you have to have spinach, if you have raw spinach, it's going to, uh, you know, increase your airy energy or the vata energy of the body, and your vata can go out of balance. But cooking it with ghee, uh, grounding it with you know uh, grounding spices like some ginger, it's going to balance the vata of the um, spinach and hence you will be able to uh, make it tridoshic and all uh, your entire family can have one same meal not to get overwhelmed thank you um, sorry. the next question I have is you mentioned the use of olive oil but is it good for Indian cooking keeping in mind heating point as traditionally we never cook Indian food in olive oil Yes, so olive oil. Uh, so um, olive oil is important because it is uh, in your meal. You need a plant fat and an animal fat. So animal fat comes through ghee, and um, olive oil gives the plant fat. But uh, it is true that olive oil should not be used for Indian cooking because it has a very low um, heating point. And once once any oil which starts fuming or you know releases fumes. Um, that means it has uh, formed free radicals and it, form, it is carcinogenic. So how we use olive oil is not by cooking on the gas, but we can use as a topping on top of your sabji, a spoon on top of your sabji or in your salad or in um, um, like when you make your atta, like, you know, you uh, for your flatbread, you can add a spoon of olive oil while uh, using it as a binder. So you do not uh, cook in olive oil um, by heating it on high flame. Okay, thank you. And the next question I have is, it is, um, is it okay to substitute grains by using semolina or brown rice noodles or pasta one or two times a week um, with the pesto? Uh, yeah, that's the question. Yes, so uh, less, less the process, uh, the best is the ingredient. Uh, nevertheless, if you find things which are less processed, which have minimal ingredients, uh, that's your way to find out that uh, it's okay to have. And so once or twice a week should be totally fine. Okay. Um, now I have a, a lot of questions about milk. I'm going to try to read them all in one. Like, we'll go quickly with, you know, I'll read out the question and you can answer and then we'll move on to the next one. Okay. So the first one is milk and dairy products have animal fat. Is it okay? What's the right way to consume milk that it is good for health? 
Yes, so our body does need animal fat, uh, so to say, for uh, growing of our muscles and all the dhatus that we talked about. So milk is good to have. And the right way, as I said, to consume milk is first is to have the uh, select a good quality of milk, which is minimally processed. Second is to warm it, never have cold milk. And third is, is it's best to give it digestive aid by cooking um, it with spices. So milk has uh, a protein component and a sugar component as a structure. So while boiling milk, you can boil milk with a stick of cinnamon and a pod, the whole pod of cardamom. So cinnamon helps digesting the sugars of the milk. The cardamom pod helps digesting the protein of the milk. And that way you can make sure that whatever milk you are having, you digest it 100% uh, to avoid any indigestion. Thank you. Then uh, the question comes with no mixing of fruit and milk. What is your opinion about strawberry shake, avocado shake, mango shake, and so on? I've heard contradictory views of on Ayurveda, from Ayurveda about that too. No, so... Mixing them with milk is totally no-no. Fruit and uh, milk are mutually contraindicated. I wouldn't recommend mixing fruit and milk at all. Um, if you want your kids to have the strawberry shake, uh, you can make your strawberry shake with almond milk. There is a recipe on my website. It is very simple. You can make your own almond milk at home so that you don't you have it. Uh, you do not buy uh, the market bought with you know a list of ingredients in it simple very simple to make at home and make your shake in almond milk it tastes equally delicious and you will avoid the um, mutually contradictory in ingredients thank you um, there's questions about what type of milk to buy because these days the cows are put in a lot of distress and there's a lot of chemical processing is it still good to have milk or should we have yogurt? And if milk, what type of milk should we buy? So, uh, yes, um, it is very unfortunate, uh, the world that we are living in, that the cows are being mistreated and you know there are a lot of antibiotics and uh, chemicals there and that's why the first point i mentioned is to get right milk so if you get if you have uh, a, a farm which is you know ahimsa which is treating their cows happily um they are not using antibiotics for more milk production that's the best the first best milk to have in absence of that i would still say that you shouldn't stop having milk because if you are especially staying like we stay in Canada and you know we don't have a very um, like a farm which is very very close where we can acquire ahimsa milk on regular basis but stopping milk as I explained that milk is a very vital important for the growth of our kids I wouldn't advise them because once you stop that in later like you know that's a quick fix to stop the milk to avoid something but later you will spend more time in curing and maybe you know you might have to take supplements which are uh, which contain some animal products and you don't know and you're using them so i highly uh, discourage um, deleting milk from your diet you can always choose between the first best second best and third best options that you that is uh, that are available to you Thank you. There's questions about uh, nut milk, oat milk or nut milk for toddlers. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion on that? So as I said, they are, they are good, but they are not substitute to regular milk. So regular milk has to go. Um, and nut milks, uh, mainly nut milks are still okay. But as toddlers, like up to minimum um, 
two years of age, uh, nuts are heavy to digest. So do not give them nuts directly, like a lot of nuts, uh, but nut milks are okay. Okay, thank you. And um, I've, uh, someone's talking, there's a question that they're asking about compensating calcium lost by going vegan by taking kale and other calcium rich fruits. They're asking for your so, opinion. So I, I didn't get the question. They're asking if, if someone's not uh, getting enough calcium because they're vegan, so they're not taking milk, and they okay. think that it can be, um, it is said that it can be compensated by taking kale and other calcium rich products. Is it wrong? It is not wrong, but uh, as I explained the benefits of milk that it go, it reaches your seven tissues in uh, like 24 hours. So there is no substitute to milk. At the same time, yes, you can have um, greens which have calcium, sesame seeds have good amount of calcium. So, you know, toasting and, you know, making them into a powder and adding them to the meals also give you calcium. So there are many ways uh, to work on calcium too. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And um, the last question is, is mil on milk, we have more questions. Is milk good for all age groups? Yes, okay. it is good for all the age groups. Okay. Unless you have an allergy or some problem which first needs to be fixed. So you can stop milk for a temporary period of time, fix your digestion, fix your allergy. Then you slowly start uh, by, you know, having 50% milk and 50% water, get your body acclimatized to milk and then start having milk again. Sure. Thank you. Um, there's a question about how can we increase the healthy bacteria? Can you suggest some foods? So yeah, as I uh, mentioned, the uh, buttermilk, like not the store-bought uh, yogurt, but uh, you can uh, make yogurt at home by uh, culturing the milk with uh, fresh yogurt cultures. So when your milk is cultured freshly with your yogurt cultures, they are rich in probiotics. So you can make buttermilk like because yogurt can cause, um, it is, you know, kaffagenic and it can cause uh, kids to get cold and congestion um, often. So we, I recommend 20% of that yogurt with 80% of water and some uh, warming spices like some pepper powder in there, some ginger in there. And you, it could be made a regular part of your diet, especially now that summer is starting. In winter, um, I do not do it so often, especially in these cold countries because it causes congestion. Um, but yes, you can do it in uh, summers as, uh, as term, uh, I mean, as far as food is concerned, there are also some good probiotics available in the market. Uh, but you, unless you have um, some, you know, issue, burning issue, uh, there is no substitute to natural food. The prana doesn't come from artificial foods. Yes. Thank you. Um, is there any specific food sources that can help us manage behavioral issues in children? So um, it is not uh, a one-line answer or a like a generalized answer uh, to this question. It depends from case to case. It has to be worked on because you know you have to go to the root cause and find out what is causing it, fix that underlying issue, and then comment about how could we deal with it. Yes, thank you for bringing that up because I see that now there's a lot of questions that are coming up for specific situations. You know, my my child has this issue or you know, we have a specific diet. And to those audiences, I would recommend that you get in touch with Healthy Braja to see how you can set up a consultation to walk through your specific situation. Because as one of the points that were mentioned in the presentation is that it isn't one size that fits all. 
So it would be hard for us to address specific personal questions on this presentation. Uh, moving on to some other questions. Um, um, can you give us some ideas for breakfast for children? Mm, breakfast for children. Okay, so it can be uh, a grain and milk uh, together. So oatmeal is a good breakfast. Granola milk is a good breakfast. Um, so I focus on milk because it is good to have milk in the morning. But if you want to go in for a salty breakfast, you can have, uh, you know, poha or upma. They're good breakfast in the morning. Okay. Um, thank you. Then um, there's a question that if prana is reduced in frozen foods, then how about prana in fruits and vegetables that are kept in the fridge? So fridge doesn't uh, actually affect the cell wall. If you see uh, the cell wall of the foods in frozen foods, if you see to the core, they are frozen and the cells also freeze and the prana is reduced. Uh, while refrigeration, like getting farm fresh foods is the first best option. Get it from your farm every day, cook it. It has immense prana. But according to the situation, keeping, in, uh, keeping it in the refrigerator doesn't reduce prana to a greater extent. So it is totally fine. Okay, thank you. Um, then there's a question. Is it true that cold foods cause cold or flu? Our science says it's due to the virus, but still eating cold, cold foods causes flu. What's the reason behind this? Yes, so that's, that's what we talked about. Uh, Ayurveda gives season specific foods and there is a principle called like increases like so if you have cold if you have if you have a glass of cold water and you add more cold water to it it is going to get it's going to be cold but if you add some warm water to a glass of ice cold water the water is going to become warm so like increases like so when in cold season or when you are having a cold, you are adding cold foods or the foods that are aggravating kapha, then it is definitely going to cause cold. So there are ways to balance it out. Um, I have a, a interesting recipe on my blog, which I call it, it flu pancakes, um, which I use when you know there is cold and how these spices and vegetables which have different tastes that balance cold um, help children cope up with the cold. So it's an interesting read. You could uh, read that up on my website. Thank you. I'm going to take two last questions because the questions keep coming, but we have to respect everybody's time. The one question I have is on eating raw spices, especially mm -hmm. for children like ajwain seeds or turmeric powder. Is it okay or is there a recommendation? No, so uh, as I said, there is, these are the right ingredients, but they have to be processed in the right way. Now, all, it also depends on how severe is the problem. Turmeric definitely can be uh, used in a different form, like in your sabji, add a little extra in your sabji or add it in your milk and have turmeric milk. Or, um, you know, if you would want to have, uh, you could have boil it in water, like make a spice water, boil turmeric in water, add a uh, drop of ghee in there and they could, they could consume that water. So that's the best way to have turmeric. Um, ajwain again, you can boil ajwain in water and have ajwain water. Um, to avoid the heating effects of ajwain because ajwain can be very heating. So occasionally, uh, if they have a stomach ache or something and you give a pinch of ajwain to them for them to eat, that's fine. But it cannot, uh, like doing it on a regular basis can cause um, imbalance of heat in their body. 
Thank you. And the last question, again, milk is the winner of the day. <laughs> what is the best time to consume milk? Mornings only or before bed is also good? Before bed is also good. Mornings is good. And before bed, actually having milk 30 minutes before going to bed gives you good sleep. And having turmeric milk also helps your joints. So yes, totally. Uh, it's a very good formula to have milk even before going bed, before going to bed. Thank you so much, uh, Braja. I know that there's many questions and you've left us all with more curiosity and more desire to learn, which I think is a great sign of a great presentation. We're very thankful on behalf of Vedic Roots to, for all your wealth of wisdom and experience as a mother and as an Ayurvedic practitioner and consultant that you shared with us today. I know that many of us will be checking on your website and following, in, following you on social media to learn more. And I think um, I can say on behalf of everybody who's on the call today that we'd love to have you back at Vedic Roots uh, online to offer more, um, you know, perhaps another series or we can have a training for the parents or something like that. There's a, a tremendous opportunity that's out there. So once again, thank you so much for our listeners. Uh, thank you for your time. As you know, this seminar has been offered as a part of the Vedic Roots online series. We're offering webinars in holistic um, development for children. It's our aim to create a revolution in education and to do it in a holistic way. And as Braja said, well begun is half done. So food is one of our big priorities here. Vedic Roots is a licensed preschool and school in Scarborough. We offer um, education to young children as of now based on the principles of Panchakosh uh, development. And we'll be organizing more series of seminars soon. So please stay tuned. You can catch the recording on our Vedic Roots podcast and Braja's website, the Healthy Braja website is on display right now. For those of you who'd like to get in touch with Braja and get some more information. Once again, thank you so much Braja for your time and for sharing your experience. And thank you everybody who joined in today. We'll see you next time. <laughs>